Welcome to the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. We discuss five questions in about 10 minutes because leaders know how to be concise. And I am very excited to, to introduce our guest today. This is Matt Stapleton. He is the Chief Operating Officer or COO of SPIF. And Matt, thank you so much for taking time to be with me and to be on the podcast today. What would you like the people to know about SPIF? Yeah, thank you, Sean. Um, so I'd say SPIF, we automate commissions. So the interaction between finance and your sales team, um, finance is always calculating who gets what um, each month on sales. A lot of back and forth there. Often it's a pretty delayed process and we automate that, make it real time. Um, tends to be a lot more transparent and motivational for the reps. So that's kind of our focus. Focus on a broad range of different companies. Usually, though, we're looking at sales teams of about 20 reps plus is kind of sweet spot where a lot of companies are bringing us in to help out. Well, as a person who spent some time in the accounting department years ago in a company that I was with and having uh, that assignment to track that, boy, I can tell you how nice it is to have a service like yours to uh, help simplify that process because that was always a pain. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Well, let's jump right to our questions today. Matt, if you would, share with us a success story of collaboration within a team. Yeah, I thought about a couple examples. Um, I would say the one that kind of came most to mind was a situation where our head of, in a previous company, our head of marketing was really struggling with one of our sales reps and vice versa. And that a lot of conflict around like typical marketing sales stuff. So lead flow and rotation of leads and kind of those elements. And um, on the like success story on that collaboration, what was really important there was to help the two individuals recognize um, like the question that in that particular case, I kept coming back to as we talked through that was, do you think they're being intentionally malicious? So like, is, is their goal here just to harm you? And that's a hard question to say yes to, despite the fact that a lot of people go into a kind of conflict, high, you know, high pressure situation like that, a bit with that assumption, whether they realize it or not. And so going through that a couple times, going back and forth between the individuals, we got to a really healthy spot just in helping them to kind of force them to dig in and understand, okay, if they're not being malicious, then what's going on? This is like, this is either a misunderstanding where you're just not listening and understanding what they're saying, um, or they're inept is the other possibility and we can have that conversation but we kind of ruled that out and so through just a few iterations of that that ended up being really productive that's a, a great story thank you for sharing that and also I, I liked how you tried to get them on the same page about hey let's understand that we're on the same team and we're not enemies it may appear that way sometimes but uh, there's no malicious intent here I really like that approach that you took I think that's really smart good job Question number Thanks, two, I hear from other leaders of teams that it can be a challenge to measure engagement. What are your thoughts? I would say as soon as this one to me relates a lot to size of team. 
So as soon as you're hiring the same role multiple times, and so you have teams that are eight account executives all reporting to a um, manager, or you've got a bunch of client success people all reporting to one individual, um, it takes some time, but those teams are quite a bit easier to measure. You, you need to focus on it. You need to spend the time making sure you're getting the right data and that you've got metrics that you can kind of track them against and everything. Where for me, it's a lot more complex is when you've got um, individuals of one in a role. It's harder to understand, harder to measure them against people. The things they're doing tend to be less consistent. And so in that one, I think it just becomes really important that you get good at your one-on-ones, make sure that both those are happening and that you're using them productively and not just, hey, tell me about your week. Awesome, thanks. Um, good luck this week, you're crushing it type of thing. Get, get better at digging in on the, on the one-on-one. And as part of that, um, work together to figure out what the definition of success is for their role. And then go back to that, document it somewhere and go back to it. Great comments. And I really liked your emphasis on having effective, meaningful one-on-ones, because that's something that is often overlooked in our efforts to engage. So I really like those comments. Well, question number three, Matt, based on your experience, what is one attribute or quality of a confident leader? Decision-making skills, mm. I think is the one that I would I would put there. And I'd say there's two parts to that. You've got to be, um, you can't get into a place where you're just waiting for more and more data. You've got to move fast on the decision making side. You've got to be decisive. Um, on the flip side, you need to know who needs to be involved in the decision, Mm -hmm. especially as you scale, because very quickly, you'll start getting into an org where if you're not involving all of the groups, you're going to um, get to suboptimal outcomes and places where the team's frustrated. Yeah, that's a, boy, that's a great observation, Matt, that if you don't include the people in the decision-making process, they're going to get frustrated. I've experienced that and is, it is not a fun thing, both on the team member side of it, as well as the team leader side of it, because admittedly, I'm guilty myself sometimes of not including all the right people in the decision-making. So excellent comments. I really like those. Question number four, share with us an experience of someone who made a difference in your life. I would say, um, I thought about a couple examples. And so one that I'll use, but it's consistent for a lot was they all followed the theme of someone taking a chance and letting me kind of stretch beyond what my resume necessarily qualified me for. Um, and so good, good example early on in my career, you've got the tell us about your first job, but my second job was one where I reached out to a company, um, got a shot there in a sales role when I had no sales experience. I wasn't necessarily excited for sales, but I was really interested in what that company did and them taking a chance on me and kind of getting out of my way and just letting me perform ended up being absolutely huge. And so 
that that would be my my example was CEO of that company picking up my resume after kind of everyone else had ignored it and said no I actually want to talk to this guy um he seems sharp and giving me the chance there was huge wow that would be that's a great story I like that one all right. Well, you kind of hinted at it. Our last question is to tell uh, tell people about your first job. Now, if you'd prefer, you're, you're welcome to talk a little bit more about the second job. This is just kind of a fun way to end the podcast. But uh, whatever example you'd like to share, whatever job you'd like to share, feel free. I mean, maybe I will tell that second one because the first one for 95% was an internship. I graduated right when um, we were in like 2009, just recovering from... Um, the housing crisis, the mortgage bubble there. Um, And so, but my first kind of real job was that one. And honestly, it was a good opportunity because they didn't, they weren't hiring. um, They weren't necessarily looking for anyone, but their comment was, hey, you look smart. If you wanted to dial every day we'll pay you on anything that you happen to close and um it'll fill in your resume while you're looking for something more official and so zero base 100 percent commission um and that was absolutely fundamental for my career um that let me i mean i got my first paycheck there after seven months um wow. so there was a little bit of a stretch there of kind of yeah, making I'll that say. work um but in three years, I ran from 40K the first year to 200K that last year. Um, that, so learning to sell, learning to kind of take that risk was huge um, for my career in general. Wow, what an example of uh, patience and uh, persistence sticking with it all, after all that time. But to go from 40 to 200,000, that's impressive. Obviously, a, a true salesman in every sense of the word. That's awesome. I like that. Well, Matt, thank Thanks, you Sean. so much for being on the podcast today. How can people find you? So I would say as kind of a general reach out, best would be to connect with me on LinkedIn and include a, a message in there. I review every LinkedIn connection. Um, and assuming your message isn't a like, hey, we're an outsourced development group in such and such country. We'd love to talk to you because I get, you know, six or seven of those a day. Um, Outside of that, I'm generally pretty open to connecting and happy to chat there. So I'd say from a broad chat, reach out to me there, happy to connect and have a conversation. Fantastic. This is Sean Richards with the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. For more ideas, you can go to teamengagementpodcast.com. Once again, that's teamengagementpodcast.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to the audio version or the YouTube channel, either way. And we would love to have as much participation as we can get. But thank you again for joining us today and have a great day.